Delco. What is Delco? Urban Dictionary, maybe the best definition of any place in the history of any place. Delco is the nickname for Delaware County, not just a place to live, it's a way of life. Delco isn't something you obtain with a short visit while you're passing through. Never has been, or don't actually live here, you just won't understand. Delco is something you can spot across the bar while out of town. Speaking of bars, there's 42 to 1 ratio when it comes to bars to libraries. And it's cool to be a 26-year-old bar back. You're just waiting for your bill's big break. Delco people love being from Delco. I don't know if there's anything special from Delco, except being a Delco guy, I kind of like it. is up Delaware County and welcome back for episode 21 of Delco Baseball Now. My name is Brendan Ricciardi. We are through the second weekend of college baseball at all levels. should say uh, all levels except for club baseball. We still have not gotten started yet up here in State College, mostly because it is very cold uh, to say the least. But regardless, we had a ton of action from around the county, really from around the country, from a lot of Delco's best uh, we will be debuting a new segment here this week. That is the official Delco Baseball Now Player of the Week Award. For right now, obviously all we have going is college. I think once high school starts, depending on the time that I have for interviews and stuff, I would ideally like to have a high school and a college player of the week. Maybe I could do something where there's a hitter of the week and pitcher of the week and you know try and pull one from high school, one from college. But you know, for right now, we're going to ease into it. We have a player of the week. He will be joining us. A little bit later, that is Mike Anderson of Rhode Island. He is a Bonner alum. He had a monster weekend down against Mercer. I uh, will hold off on talking about that one for a little bit because we're going to get into that a little bit later on in the interview. But great conversation there and, and really cool to see how he's adjusting already as a freshman at the Division One level. But until then, we have a lot of action. So let's start off. Uh, in Richmond, where Alden Mathis took on the University of Yale. And man, he had an unbelievable weekend, both with his arm and with his bat. Now, when we talked to him on the show a couple weeks ago, he talked about how, you know, being able to go somewhere where he could hit and pitch was a big part of his college recruitment process. And it was in full effect today and this weekend uh, against Yale because, you know, in the last few years, he's been. He's always been in center field, but he's been a starting pitcher in the rotation. Now this year, things have changed a little bit, and now he's in the back end of the bullpen being more of a setup and closer. So this week, we'll start off with the bat here. He started off the weekend four for six with two homers and three runs batted in, uh, and somehow they did not win that game. That was a nine to six loss, you know, but that was just the beginning of the weekend. In the second game, they realized that the Marble Newtown alum was not to be messed with. He was intentionally walked twice. During the game, he still went two for three with a double and scored three runs. You know, you can you can pitch around him if you want, but he would still find his way to get his. The interesting thing about that game, starting in center field, they had a nine to seven lead in the eighth inning when he came in. So he makes the jog in from center field to the mound, throws two dominant innings, no hits, no runs, picks up three Ks, and he gets the save in that one. So pretty cool to get. A performance where you have two hits, reach base a couple times, and also get the save. Just showing what he's all about there. 
Alden was drafted by the Baltimore Orioles back this summer, decided to ride it out at Richmond, and he's got a bright future. Whether that ends up being going to Georgia, where he committed for his fifth year, or hearing his name called in the draft again this summer, there's a lot of opportunities. Unfortunately, my pipe dream of him coming back to Wayne, you know, I, I hope it doesn't happen. I think it would really take a, uh, a down year, to say the least, for him to be back in the Delco League. But, you know, we got a Cam Mathis, we got Owen Mathis. I think, I think we will survive. Uh, but Richmond ended up winning the series. They won the third game as well. And Alden, uh, in that game, reached base twice. He's now hitting 360 with an 11.24 OPS, a 3 ERA on the mound. Like, you know, it's must-see TV for Richmond. It really is because you never know when he's going to do something with the bat or with the arm. He's usually batting leadoff or batting second. Uh, and once 8-10 play gets started with all the guys that we have from Delco that are in that conference, St. Joe's, Rhode Island, St. Bonnie's, whatever it may be, uh, there is a lot to watch. All right, let's move on here. Next, we'll go, uh, we'll stay on the mound here. We got Chris Clark pitching for Harvard. We'll stay in the Ivy League, I guess, uh, with Yale. Chris Clark, in his season debut against Pitt, was nearly unhittable. He threw six shutout innings, 10 strikeouts. He let up only two hits during the game and looked like he was in line to be a tough luck loser. It was a 2-1 to pit lead in the ninth before Harvard exploded for seven runs. They ended up winning the game. Clark did not get the win, but, you know, his performance was was unbelievable. And, you know, a lot of teams had already opened the year, but a lot of the Ivy League teams are just getting started now. First performance of the year is, you know, it's, it's extremely impressive, especially against an ACC team like Pitt, to get off to the start that, you know, he had. I saw him throw... Uh, at on deck I saw him throw a bullpen and thank god he wasn't throwing the day that I hit against some of the live pitchers because he was absolutely chucking and even even though he's not a lefty I still had no interest in facing him and you know I'm sure the pit hitters didn't really have any interest in in facing him given this performance too so really good stuff from the Haverford school alum just the beginning for him this season as he's another guy who could potentially hear his name called in the draft this this upcoming summer he had an era around three last season uh in 14 appearances and 38 innings looks like he was a little bit more out of the bullpen last year but he got the chance to start and i think that harvard is certainly going to like what they saw from that performance hopefully he'll be getting some more starts he's a big kid 6'4 about 200 pounds i'm, I'm sure teams are going to fall in love with him and it's it's a really really promising debut for him they're going to get uh, their next series will be against Florida International. Uh, this series was in Florida as well last week against Pitt, and they're going to be playing once again. They're staying down there. Uh, they'll be in Miami this time. So excited to see how he builds off that. All right, we're going we're gonna to start going for a couple family ties here. We'll start off with the Mutz families. Everyone knows I am, in fact, the president of the Luke Mutz fan club. Uh, we'll start off with him. Now, this stat really just kind of blows my mind that – over three years at Swarthmore, even though Luke was a third-team All-American, he only had one home run in three seasons at the Division Three level. He has two home runs in two weeks at Villanova. So I don't know if maybe he just needed like the extra velo boost of the D1 arms, maybe just put in you know that extra work in the weight room this offseason, but it is paying off in a big way for him. He immediately went into Villanova, is their leadoff hitter, playing second base for them. Really, really cool to be able to see that adjustment because you know we've had guys that have made that division three to division one jump and it's not always the cleanest transition to get things going but he has added two home runs one against uc riverside 
won this weekend against North Florida. And although the results for uh, Villanova haven't really been, you know, what they're looking for uh, in the win column, it is encouraging to see that, you know, Luke's gotten off to a good start. Another guy on that team uh, for Villanova from Delco, Jack O'Reilly from Episcopal. He's been batting in the cleanup spot for them. Another local kid, Peter Giambetti's from Great Valley. So there's some, there's definitely some local ties here. Uh, Jack O'Reilly is currently hitting 364. He's got a homer on the season as well. Uh, so that's definitely a team to, to look out for if you like your Delco talent and your local Delco talent too. I've gone back and forth. I think Villanova should be considered Delco. I'm not exactly sure. If not, then there's no Division One baseball teams in Delco. Uh, so we got to, you know, just take advantage of what we got. Um, but like I said, staying in the family, not only did Luke Mutz have a good weekend, Brady Mutz also had a good weekend. He homered as well for the Monmouth Hawks in what was one of the craziest baseball games of, you know, it's obviously it's early, but I think this will go down as one of the craziest games of 2023 in general. So you have Monmouth and Maine. Maine is leading this game 9-0. Monmouth scores 13 unanswered runs. Two of those runs coming off of Brady Mutz homer, uh, I believe that made it 13-9. So at that point, Monmouth leading 13-9 in the top of the ninth. Maine scores five runs to come back and take the lead. So at that point, 14-13 Maine. And then Monmouth gets a two-run walk-off homer from Austin Denlinger. Just the the roller coaster emotions of this game. And, you know, I know there are college baseball betters out there. It's not as popular as other sports. But if there's anyone out there in the world that decided to spend their was it Friday night, I guess, or Friday afternoon betting on Maine and Monmouth baseball? Well, you probably had to get your heart checked after that one. Uh, I mean, if you had the over, it was a nice day. But the fact that that game had so many twists and turns was just unbelievable. And I wrote about it in the article, uh, shameless plug here, DelcoBaseballNow.com. I'll be posting, you know, articles and giving shout outs to, to different individual guys from Delco throughout the year. When I wrote about Brady and that game, uh, I also talked about Mason Miller, who's a lefty reliever from Garner Valley. He threw four shutout innings in the second game of that doubleheader to win. And even though Monmouth's not a Pennsylvania school, it, it has a lot of Delco talent on it because you got, uh, let's see, you got Jimmy Wigo is a freshman. He's from Marple. You got Joey DiMucci. He's a freshman from Bonner. You got Caden Carlin. He's a freshman from French Central. Like there's guys all over the, uh, the field that, are Delco guys, and it's pretty cool. Uh, I guess Tommy Ken, if you want to consider Devin Prep Delco, that's the debate I've had with myself and many others a lot. Uh, but you know, if if you count Tommy Ken, then that's six right there of guys that are Delco baseball playing in, in Jersey for this team. So Monmouth in a new conference this year. Excited to see how that goes, and they will certainly be a team that will have Delco guys popping up all year. You know, three freshmen. It's tough to get playing time. Uh, you know, especially. You know, for a guy like Joey Namucci at a, at a tough position like catcher, uh, you just got to take advantage of every opportunity you got. But uh, I guess that's all I got for Monmouth. All right, let's move down a division here. We'll go Division Two. We had Andrew Cantwell and Joe Sperone doing the thing once again. They did it last week. They did it again this week. Cantwell, six strong innings, only allowed one run in the process in their game against DeUville, which is an odd name for a school. Uh, it's like D apostrophe like you, like Y-O-U, then Ville. It kind of sounds like Dr. Seuss, you know, like a Who from Whoville kind of thing. So that was kind of my, my notes from that game, uh, pretty much for the most part. But, yeah, it's, it's Westchester's looking really good again. And for a team that went to the Final Four last year, 
you're losing some talent. You lose Braden Fosnott. He signs with the Phillies. Uh, pretty cool there. But, you know, you, you return a lot of the lineup and you return a lot of the guys. And now, you know, Joe Sperone and Andrew Cantwell are really leading this rotation. And I know Cantwell last year didn't get as many opportunities to start as he'd wanted to. But, you know, I think he's shown early on and he showed in the Final Four last year what happens when he can start. So 5-1 win against the Uville on Friday. Sperone pitched on Saturday against Mercyhurst. Once again, a great performance. 5-3 win for the Rams. And outside of those two guys, you got more Delco. You got the other Cantwell, Luke Cantwell on this team. You got Kyle Laser from Bonner. You got, uh, who am I missing off the top of my head here? Uh, bear with me for a second. I have the roster right in front of me. I'm completely blanking on who else. Joe, uh, John DiMucci, of course. I was talking about Joey in the last one. Johnny DiMucci, also a catcher uh, for for Westchester from Bonner. I can't believe I forgot that one. Johnny's going to kill me. I used to to play with him and and even coach him back for Legion uh, back in the day. But, you know, this team is 6-1 to start the year. I'm very, very excited for the beginning of PSAC play whenever they start. Uh, You know, the games, no matter who's playing, even if it's Delco or not, like the Westchester and Millersville games are are must-watch. And whenever they play, you know, you got Delco guys on Bloomsburg, uh, Delco guys on Kutztown, Delco guys on anywhere else. I think Mansfield. Um, I think maybe. Uh, I think Vinny Proieto was on Lockhaven, but I don't think he is anymore. But you know, it's it's definitely one of the best D two conferences around. So whenever those games happen, we'll try and get some of those guys on to talk about them as well. All right, uh, let's see. We also got uh, we'll go D three here. We got Will Kelly, a Springfield Colonial in the Delco League. Uh, I think the best word to describe him would probably be a pest because he's so he is like a leadoff hitter. Uh, he, he really likes to drop bunts down. I don't know why. It's not that he's not fast, but it's like he's a good enough hitter that I don't really think he has to. And he showed it this weekend. He got his first start of the season. Ursinus was uh, either 0-4 or 0-3 at the time. And he had a great day at the plate. He got three hits. The biggest one with Ursinus trailing 7-6 in the seventh inning. He ripped a three-run triple. And I, I couldn't find the video of it, but according to the box score, he got thrown out going for home. And I really want to see this replay because knowing Will, he's one of those guys with just like an unreal motor, like, you know, Charlie Hustle kind of guy. Like he's always trying to uh, to use his speed. But there are times where I think, and if he's listening, I, I hope he finds this funny. I think he kind of overestimates how fast he is and it can kind of hurt him sometimes. So I want to see if, you know, he got ambitious, wanted that inside the park grand slam and I'm, I'm hoping if this video comes out, he's like five steps away from the plate when the ball gets to the catcher. Uh, and, and it just makes for, for great content. But listen, either way, if you're going to clear the bases, three-run triple, get the uh, get the boys the lead that eventually they would hold on to win uh, against against Stevenson. That's, it's, uh, it's very big for someone who's you know trying to earn their, their way back into the lineup. And I know that Will took some time off from baseball. He's playing football. He's uh, had an interesting path to get to where he is, but like that kid can hit. And at the end of the day, like that's what's going to get you into the lineup, and that's what's going to keep you in the lineup. So, uh, Ursinus Centennial Conference, we got some guys there. Not as many as we used to. Um, I think that now that you know Luke Mutz is off Swarthmore, I'm not sure if there are any current guys there or Haverford, but you know Centennial with a lot of local guys uh, or a lot of local teams in general. Definitely have some attention there. Maybe if Swarthmore hosts a tournament again, uh, we'll be able to get some more content from that. But for right now, that is all I got from there. So let's transition on to, um, let's go, 
let's go. I, well, there was so the interesting thing was I didn't I wasn't really sure whether to add these guys into the the Division One sector because quite frankly, like the the results for their team didn't go the way they wanted. But with that being said, we had some guys that got to play at really cool venues against really talented teams. Start off with Josh Hankins, Darren Hagan, and Coppin State. They flew across the country from Baltimore all the way to Oregon State to go take on the Beavers, a team that's won a couple national championships already in my lifetime. And, you know, it's it's a, it's it's important to understand that, like, you're obviously going there to win and you're going there to see how you stack up with some of the best teams in the country. But at the same time, you also need to, to soak it in while you're there. Realize that you're playing on, you know, a historic venue against a historic team with a lot of success you know, a stadium that you might not get to play in that often, you know, in terms of like the stature of the stadium and, and how nice they are. But, you know, once you get on the field, you're locked in and it didn't really go very well for Coppin State uh, on the field. But, you know, Josh got a couple hits in the series and it's, it's a cool experience. You know, sometimes you have to take the positives from what could be a very negative weekend overall. But, you know, they got to play in a regional last year, and hopefully that's just, you know, them building the program up. You know, these losses are going to hurt, but someday if they turn into the program that they that they strive to be, then it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, we had a top 15 matchup. We had Tom Kane, O'Hara alum, and Maryland. They went to the defending national champion Ole Miss team to play a series there. And it, it, was, a, it was a good series. I think, uh, I believe Ole Miss won two out of three games. Tom had an appearance in that game, picked up a couple strikeouts. Uh, he did not have a great outing his first time against uh, South Florida, but he, he redeemed himself a little bit in this one. Maryland won the first game of the series. Ole Miss won the final two games in the series. Tom got to pitch in game three for uh, Maryland before the game got out of hand a little bit. Once again, it's the same thing. Like Ole Miss is one of the most historic venues in college baseball. It's, it's known for the beer showers in right field whenever the home runs happen and even though you know you lost that it's like hey you're playing the defending national champs you stole a game on the road in that kind of environment where people live and die for college baseball because there's really not much else to do and there's no professional teams in mississippi to root for but maryland showing that you know they can contend with the top teams and they're definitely a team coming off of hosting a regional last year that we could definitely see doing something like that again. Uh, last of that kind of, you know, pairing there, we had Penn going to South Carolina. They did get swept in the series. However, they did play very well. They lost a couple of very close games, a couple of late rallies by South Carolina, a team that has quickly risen up the rankings of the Division One polls. You know, it, it sucks going to 0-3, but when you look at the score, you lose one nothing, 5-6, and 7-4. Like, I really don't think that's something that – the Penn guys, especially after going into Texas A&M and winning two out of three last year. Like, I really don't think that the Penn guys are, you know, killing themselves over this one. Uh, I know it sucks, but to not be able to get a win when you were in all these games here, but especially your first three games of the year, I, I think they're going to be pretty satisfied just overall uh, how, they how they played and the results will come. For this team, we got Cole Palace as a shortstop. We got Reed Farrell as a freshman catcher. Uh, those guys will be looking to make it to the NCAA tournament. They were so close last year. They lost in the Ivy League championship. Uh, the, the Winning the conference gets you that automatic spot in the, the NCAA tournament. So if they're able to capture that Ivy League title, then they will ensure their spot on ESPN at some top 16 team in the country. So definitely, definitely look out for Penn. And uh, 
and it's probably going to be Penn and Columbia at the top of the mix again once once again like last year. All right, last but not least, before we get into the interview here, we have our professional baseball talk here. We have two guys from Delco that started for major league teams in spring training this year, which is awesome. Start off with Bonner's Jim Haley. Now, not only did he get to start in the uh, spring training opener, he got to start for the Philadelphia Phillies. That's right. Every kid's dream, every kid that grew up playing baseball in this area has dreamed of playing for the Phillies. And, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's the regular season, the playoffs, or spring training. If you step out on that field wearing that Phillies jersey and get to play with those guys, like that's something that you take with you forever. And I'm, I'm hoping that it turned into, you know, more than just a feel-good story because this guy's, you know, trying to fight for his career here. He's trying to fight for a spot on the big league club. You know, obviously the Phillies have gotten a lot more talented over the past, you know, year or two. Uh, especially for Jim playing the infield, you know, first base with Reese Hoskins and Derek Hall is definitely a crowded opportunity. But, you know, even just showing the front office, you know, what you're capable of in case of injuries, in case of trades, whatever it may be, is is really important. And after Jim, so he went to Bonner, he went to Penn State, he got drafted by the Rays. He's been with the Rays his entire career. So fresh start here. And I'm pulling for the guy. There, There's not currently any delco baseball alums that are in the major leagues right now whether that be jim whether that be this next guy we're talking about a couple other in the minors uh have opportunities but as of right now there are none currently so with that being said next up we had andrew bechtold he's a garnet valley guy he is in the minnesota twins organization he went to chipola junior college for a year uh, after he graduated from garnet valley so he's been in the twins organization since 2017 and he got the start at third base for the twins in this game got on base once in his three at bats he is 26 years old and he's fighting for uh, a spot in the twins organization and i wonder if this you know could end up being something where if he doesn't get the opportunity in the big leagues for the twins this year if you know he could be looking for a change of scenery as well because i know a lot of guys who have been with the same team for a long time and haven't been able to make the big leagues still feel confident in their ability to make the big leagues so they you know try and latch on somewhere else and go from there and uh and it's gonna be an interesting battle to see andrew beck told at the hot corner for the twins again it's it's the same thing with haley it's like you know obviously he's not wearing the phillies jersey but getting the opportunity to play for a major league club even in these spring training games is an awesome experience so uh pulling for both of those guys we got some other guys in the area still fighting for some spots you know kyle got traded from Oakland to Baltimore, uh, Mark Washington is with the Dodgers, Jack Hanowitz with the Angels. I'm um, sure I'm missing guys off the top of my head that I'm just spitting out, but regardless, I'm really, really hoping we get some Delco uh, in the big leagues soon. Not even just for my own selfish uh, needs to talk about on the show, uh, but just to, to put us on the map a little bit more. With that being said, it is time for the inaugural Delco Baseball Now Player of the Week interview. So please, let's welcome on from Monsignor Bonner and Rhode Island, Michael Anderson. We are now joined by Rhode Island's Mike Anderson, our inaugural Delco Baseball Now Player of the Week. Mike is a graduate of Monsignor Bonner. Mike, thanks for coming on the show today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. 
Yeah, of course, man. Now, you guys had an awesome weekend. You played Mercer. You went six for nine with three homers and nine runs batted in. So just talk to me about that series and how you're feeling at the plate right now. Uh, it was a great series. Honestly, just finally getting, like, the first series win out of the way was, like, a great time for me, a great experience with all my teammates and everything. I mean, at the play, I'm just hitting the mistakes that they're making and not really much to say about that, just pounding the mistakes and just fighting. It's pretty much it. Yeah, and I know last year, you know, when I talked to Eric, you guys didn't get off to a great start, you know, in some of the out-of-conference games. So how important is it, like, for your locker room to kind of get the ball rolling before you get into the conference games? Um, Definitely. I mean – Right now, just being able to, like, get these wins early on is, like, awesome because we're getting, like, really familiar with the team and everything, and everybody's, like, getting all this team bonding together with the wins in the locker room, just, like, having a lot of fun with everybody, like, because they weren't they didn't win a lot of games last year in the beginning of the year, and just getting those early wins out of the way is just a great, great thing. Yeah, you know, talent can get you a lot of places, but having that team chemistry down is really what, you know, separates, like, the good from, from the elite teams. Definitely. All right. So, you know, getting the chance to start at first base, especially in a division one program is not, you know, entirely common. So I guess what would you say are some of the factors that have helped you just be so comfortable so early on? Uh, my preparation. I mean, just having a lot of people there for me the whole time, like just being able to train with a lot of people back at home, just people always there for me, giving me confidence, pushing me to the limits and just being prepared for that stage and just working really hard and just trying to beat everybody else out was just my main thing. Now, did you, were you an ascent guy, a bell ringer? I know a lot of guys like to train together. It's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. So I was mostly at ascent with like Chase Miller and all of them, but like a lot of other coaches I had like at Bonner and everything, but I would be at uh, bell ringers as well, hitting with like Kevin McGonagall and all those other guys. Just, I know a lot of them since I was little, just being able to hit with them, getting better was great. Yeah, it's, it's really cool to see guys from, you know, that play all over the country, but whenever they're home together, get to train together, because I'd go to on deck a lot, you know, same thing. It's just like a lot of, you know, whether it's pitchers, whether it's hitters, like, you know, you get to, you know, even guys that you may not have known growing up that you get to play, you know, with now. Yeah, definitely. It was awesome. Uh, all right. So one question I like to ask guys, you know, who are playing their first year of college baseball is to kind of just talk about like the differences you've noticed between like the high school and college game, you know, whether that's practices, whether that's lifts, like what have you kind of noticed about the transition? Uh, no, my biggest thing is the game just moves a lot faster. Like everybody's really good. And like, you just have to be on time with everything because there's someone that's just as good as you or even better than you waiting to just take your spot. So when you're given the opportunity, you just got to succeed. I mean, there's a lot of coaches out there like are going to willing to give you the opportunity. And luckily I was able to give an opportunity right away. And I just, right now I'm just competing and just hopefully everything keeps staying that way. Yeah. And I like, you know, obviously when you were, you know, considering going to Rhode Island, obviously they're not going to guarantee you anything, but having the opportunity to play early on had to be a factor in your decision, right? Uh, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, I know that you have experience both pitching and hitting is the two way game just completely shut down or have you just not gotten the chance to pitch yet? Uh, it definitely hasn't shut down. I mean, I've been throwing live usually at home. I mean, luckily they haven't needed me yet. Our pitching staff has been really good lately. So hopefully I can stay at first base and if they need me to close the game or whatever they need me to do, I'm willing to do it. Cause I'm always ready, but right now our pitching staff has been doing really well. So Hopefully I can just stay at first base for now and let my pitchers do the work. 
Yeah, it's got, it's got to be nice, you know, because obviously in high school you're a starting pitcher and playing the field. I feel like being a reliever would definitely help with the arm a little bit, just kind of, you know, staying healthy. That's for sure. Uh, it's not that biggest thing for me, honestly, but uh, being not like pitching as much definitely makes my arm feel a little bit better. But like I said, I'm always ready to pitch whenever they need me to. I love it. Uh, so we, we talked a little bit about, you know, before we recorded about like playing the Delco League in Narberth. And one thing I noticed with you, and I say this in a good way, is sometimes you just never shut up on the field. And I say that in a good way because it's like, you know, I remember a lot of confidence and I forget what else. But now as a freshman, you know, in a place with a lot of like older guys, like do you still have that type of energy and are always vocal or is it kind of been a little more reserved? Uh, nah, definitely. I keep my energy up there all the time. I feel like that's like a just a part of my game, just trying to like, be loud, be annoying, just so everybody's on the same page as me. Just like, I just think that's like the fun part of the game, being able to just like cheer on my teammates as loud as I can, just be that annoying kid on the bench, like whenever they need me to. Yeah, it's just me. I just remember because like Wayne, you know, it's a lot of like old guys. Like it's more, yeah. you know, it's almost like I could say it's almost like a business Like because I work for them too. I was just hurt, so I couldn't play. But it's just like, you know, it was almost like, the high school energy against like the the guys that like this is their day job so it was, it was cool to see and i'm and i'm glad you're uh, you're keeping that keeping that going yeah for sure all right so you guys got a big series coming up you're playing another delco guy i don't know if you know justin rubin personally from friend central but he plays for virginia and you know it's it's pretty cool that you guys kind of get like that that measuring stick type game early you know to see where you rank among the best in the country so how excited are you for that Oh, uh, yeah, I'm definitely pumped. I mean, in my head, it's just like another game and not like it doesn't matter who the team is. We're just we're coming there to compete. We're coming there to win, win a series. We're coming there to sweep. And that's our goal. So it doesn't matter who the team is, who we're playing. It could be the number one in the country. It could be the worst team in the country. We're there to win a baseball game. That is the spirit for sure. And it's nice that you have a couple other Delco guys on the team. Of course, uh, we talked before we recorded about Eric Genther. Uh, is Calvin McCall still there? Uh, yes, he is. Yeah, so it's got to be nice. And it's interesting that Rhode Island, you know, Don Placone used to go there, but but transferred. Rhode Island likes their Delco guys, it seems like. Yeah, they do. Is there, like, any, is there any, like, coach or any, like, connection? Like, how did they you know, recruit so well this far away from home? Um, Honestly, I have no idea. Uh, I know, trying to think, I mean, I think Calvin is a senior this year. Maybe it started with him, but I'm not, sure, I'm not like, necessarily positive about that, so. I don't want to give you the right or wrong answer, so. No, I appreciate that. And, and on this show, I've talked a lot about how there's a lot of Delco guys in the A-10 in general, whether that's Richmond, you know, St. Joe's, uh, I think St. Bonnie's, like all over. So I'm definitely looking forward to that, you know, once the conference season starts. And I think you're really going to enjoy, you know, those those series right now are fun, but they're going to be even more fun when it, it, you know, really has something on the line. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, I do not want to take up too much of your time here. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on, and I will be following you guys all season. I'm really excited, and uh, best of luck. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right, thank you once again to Michael Anderson for coming on the show and talking about uh, the Rhode Island Rams and the start they've gotten off to this season. You know, as I said earlier, it's just so impressive to be able to see a guy coming, you know, straight from high school to the Division One level, starting at a position like first base, to be able to have the kind of success he's had, 
you know, a couple four hit games, you know, a couple, it's not like he's just hitting for a high average and poking them, you know, three bombs, a couple doubles, a lot of runs batted in, and we haven't even got to see him on the mound yet. Uh, so, so really appreciate his time and, uh, really looking forward to continuing this Delco baseball now player of the week to give these guys recognition, maybe someday get a sponsor, maybe someday get some, uh, some prizes to hand out for even more motivation. Not that these guys need it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's something I'm excited to get going. All right, before we wrap things up here, just wanted to, to spit out some Phillies thoughts that I had here. I know we talked a little bit about Jim Haley and Andrew Bechtold earlier, but I wanted to dedicate a segment here. Uh, for those who don't know, my whole kind of experience with you know the podcasting stuff and the sports media really started back when my friend Drew Robinson and I, also a Strathaven guy, started a Phillies podcast back when a bunch of my friends and I had nothing better to do during during quarantine. Uh, that was called Breaking the Bank, which credit to Drew was an awesome name for uh, a, a podcast, especially about the Phillies that we did for a year. And then, you know, life kind of happened. Drew got a big boy job. You know, things just didn't really work out with time and scheduling. We couldn't put in the effort that we wanted to to have the product that we wanted. So I, w- I wanted to kind of, you know, keep that, that breaking the bank uh, idea alive and talking a little bit about the Phillies. Just because I, I assume, you know, the majority of my audience is probably Phillies fans. Uh, I think I said it in an episode before, like if you're a Delco guy and, and you root for like the Yankees or, or a different team like that, you know, like if you were for the Mets, honestly, just turn this show off because I don't want you in my in, in my audience. But, uh, you know, I know that the Phillies, the, the market for Phillies content, there are so many different podcasts, you know, talk shows like radio, whatever you want that could could give you Phillies coverage and nobody's really doing the Delco baseball specifically in terms of like the podcasts and and what I'm doing but I still want to slip a little of the Phillies in I, I mean I love the team I, I I want to be a fan of the team more than I want to be like a journalist of the team but you know there's still a lot to talk about and I think it that starts with Trey Turner you're bringing in a guy who is probably at worst a top 20 top 15 player in the league I think just what he brings to the table with his bat with his defense with his speed I saw him rocking the double oven mitts uh while running the bases and you know it looks silly but if it prevents him from breaking a finger or something then I think we'll survive especially with the bigger bases but he got off to a hot start I I mean I I'm hesitant to take Kyle Schwarber out of the leadoff spot just because you know it seems like for whatever reason his production there is is incredible but I mean I wouldn't mind seeing Turner up there at the top because you know how many times base hit steal second and then whoever's batting second, whether that be Schwarbs, JT, Bryce when he's back, you know, whoever, uh, base hit, and all of a sudden it's one nothing. So regardless, he's an added weapon. And, you know, I think that when it comes to the Phillies lineup, they, they bring in Trey Turner. You know, you lose Bryce Harper until maybe uh, they're hoping around the All-Star break. I hope maybe at least as a DH a little earlier. The biggest additions that the Phillies offense can make are in-house. And when you look at what the Phillies gave out money-wise for the players. The biggest player that needs to take that step forward is Nick Castellanos. And, you know, we're not here to to over, you know, analyze one spring training game and, you know, just try and get the hype train going. But I think that if you ask Nick and if you ask a lot of players around and a lot of coaches around that they're expecting a lot different of a year because he talked about how he was never truly comfortable you know, physically, mentally, whatever last season. But you saw in the playoffs a different side of him that he truly does care. And it looked like a lot of the time last year that he just wasn't 100% into it all the time for whatever reason. 
And, I mean, I think that everybody that watched the Phillies a lot can say that if, if he swung it one more low slider away that was really never a strike at any point, they were going to break their television. But to see him take a take – a, first off, take the pitch, the low and away slider, before he takes an inside pitch over the right field wall, an oppo, oppo shot for him, that is very, very encouraging to see. And if we can get – you know, we don't even need, like – 40 home run Castellanos from Cincinnati back. Like we just need someone give me like, you know, high 20s to low 30s homer with a little higher average than last year and it, it will do wonders for this lineup. And another guy that didn't by any means have a bad year last year, but a guy that certainly had room to improve is Alec Bohm. And this is being recorded on Monday afternoon right now. So to see Alec Bohm hit an absolute moonshot to dead center field. Like, I'm not sure I've ever seen him hit a ball like that. And more importantly, I'm not sure I've ever seen him pimp a home run. Like, he said that he put on maybe 5 to 10 pounds of muscle in what was a much shorter offseason because the deep playoff run. If he can have some power, you know, the Phillies picked him third overall because they believed that they could develop him into, maybe not a 5 to a player, but into, into a corner infielder, that they can have power. If you're playing third base, you need to have more than 13 home runs a year. That's just the reality of the situation. Him bulked up, you know, give me, even give me like low to mid 20s with a high average. You're talking about a, a lineup that I don't think that it's over exaggerating to say that when it's all said and done, this could be a historically great offense. It really could. Just go around the diamond. Schwarber, Harper, Hoskins, Real Muto, Turner, uh, better Cassianos, a better Bohm. You know, Brandon Marsh being able to play every day and being more comfortable facing lefties. The emergence of Bryson Stott. Like, if they play all up to their potential, there really aren't many holes in this lineup. And I, I'm a little worried about the depth. You know, trading Nick Maton and trading uh, Matt Veerling, you know, is, is definitely going to hurt their depth a little bit. But Gregory Soto has the potential to be, you know, very similar to Jose Alvarado. And I'm very excited to see that. As for the rest of the Phillies at this point, you know, I have my eyes just pretty much on all their young pitchers. Like, I I still don't really think Andrew Painter is going to start the season in the majors. I think they kind of want to ease him into it. Uh, but Andrew Painter, you know, Mick Abel, Griff McGarry, Andrew Baker, like all these guys have so much potential and the ability to not only have the Phillies, you know, go for a World Series this year, but, man, that, that window is open for a little bit. They have guys under contract for a couple of years. They've shown themselves and they've shown the world that they can, you know, contend in the postseason. And they kind of, they they kind of play free and easy now that the drought's off their back. So the young guys getting their opportunity in spring training is great. Uh, last guy I wanted to talk about here as someone that can be a big contributor is Taiwan Walker, because I think you know for people that watched the Phillies during the postseason last year. You know, you trust Zach Wheeler, you trust Aaron Nola, you trust Ranger Suarez, and then what? You know, it's it's Noah Syndergaard, it's Bailey Falter, it's, uh, you know, a bullpen game. Like, I, th I genuinely think, if, if you look at how the Astros beat the Phillies, it's because you have your number four pitcher throwing a no-hitter in the World Series. Like, that, that was never going to happen with any of these guys in the Phillies. And will Taiwan Walker throw a no-hitter in the playoffs? Probably not, but he will give you... At least he should give you more than what we got from Falter and Cindergard. And, you know, it takes the pressure off because now Andrew Painter and Griff McGarry and these guys know, like, they're not being counted on. Like, nothing's worse than being a young guy 
and this goes at all levels, high school, college, professional, nothing's worse than being a young guy playing for a team where all the pressure's on you to succeed immediately. Like you have to be, you know, the guy right away. And that kind of pressure is very, very difficult to, to handle. So this, you know, this season's it's looking good for the Phillies. Like I never thought I'd be this optimistic about a team without their MVP and, you know, face of the franchise for a couple, you know, hopefully not a couple months, a couple weeks at the very least uh, is, is something that if they get off to a hot start, then, you know, they can win the division. I know it's going to be tough with the Mets and the Braves. I think the bigger, more realistic way that this season ends is probably another wild card berth. But the thing is, they showed they can win that, especially if they were to get the first wild card spot. They get to play all three games at home. I really like the chances there. I'm really looking forward to this season. All right, well, that's all I got here for college, all I got for pro. Now we got high school baseball coming soon in a little bit. I don't have anything for that this week. But we are getting very, very close to the start of that. Uh, I know that Monsignor Bonner is headed to Vegas for a, a tournament there. So I definitely want to get D-Bar and some of their guys on to talk about that, what they're expecting there, and uh, just how they're, you know, how excited they are to play on the national spotlight. Like they, you know, a lot of the times you're playing your PCL schedule, you know, you might get your games. Uh, I think they're playing Malvern Prep this year. Uh, you know, get the games against some of the local area powerhouses, but there's a lot of uncertainty that goes into going that far out of the the state of Pennsylvania and seeing teams you've never seen before. So definitely, uh, definitely want to get that going and start rolling into high school coverage a little bit. Cause at the end of the day, I think that's really what the people around here care about the most is the schools they grow up playing for, you know, the schools that their kids go to the schools that their friends go to and what happens there. All right, everybody, thank you once again for tuning in to the show. You can follow the account for Delco Baseball on Twitter at Delco Baseball as well as Instagram at Delco Baseball. Uh, I believe the Facebook's just called Delco Baseball now. Look forward to sharing these stories for the rest of the season. We'll see you next time.